Welcome to the Simply Resilient Podcast, episode number 98, Resiliency Training, Time Management, Week 1. My name is Jesse Ellertson, and I am a certified life coach and a military wife who is in the trenches of life with each of you. This podcast is for military wives who know how to handle the challenges of deployments and frequent trainings, but want to improve the experience that they are having in the process. If you are ready to thrive while your husband is away, then you are in the right place. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Resiliency Training. And this month, we are talking about time management. This is week one. And in this week, we're going to get into some real specific uh, areas of time management throughout the month. But this month, I just wanted to start by talking about a, a nice just overview of what time management is, what our relationship with time is, and how those two are super connected and how we can get more awareness around the way we interact with time and how we can get more empowered and control over it as we learn to be aware of our thoughts and what they're creating for us and then just make those nice adjustments that get us more living and managing our time the way we want to be. And what I love about talking about this topic and other topics is that often things like time feel like they're a little bit out of our control or they're a little bit mysterious or we just, we aren't sure why we do this or why this is how, this is one of our problems or this is the way we interact with time. We just know that's how we interact with time. And so I love just taking care of all that mystery. I don't want anything in your life to be a mystery to you because the answer to it all is the way you think about it, right? Is the reason why you do what you do. The reason why you're getting the results you're getting is just the way you think about it. So it takes some time to start to pull this apart and really discover what it is that you're thinking about time, and then even more so what that's creating for you. So we're going to talk about a couple things today. I'm going to do a model for you guys. Um, The first thing that I want to talk about, well, I want to start by saying, as as we always talk about when we're talking about relationships, is that our relationship with something, and in this case with time, is again made up of the thoughts we think about it, right? And the reason that's so important to understand is that time is such a valuable resource or commodity, whatever you want to call it. And we only have so much of it. And it is just one of our greatest uh, resources. And we want to make sure that we like how we're using our time, that we feel great about when we're getting lots of things done. And we also feel great about when we're relaxing and having leisure time. Like we want to feel great about it all rather than when we're working hard, it's not enough. And when we're relaxing, we should be working. That's, 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 that can come up for a lot of people. I've seen that in myself and in my clients. And I want to help you guys just harness this resource a little bit more and, and have it rather than it feel like it's in time's control. I want it to feel like it's in your control. So we're going to start to pay attention to the, the way we talk about time, the way we interact with time, the way we talk to other people about time can often be really indicative of what we're thinking about time. Uh, So on that note, I have found that the vocabulary I use, as I start to get more careful with the vocabulary I use in my thoughts and in the way that I speak about time and about my amount of time and my ability to manage my amount of time is super important. And I've gotten more careful with it over time as I've as I've increased in awareness in this area and started to make it more of what I want it to be. So one big one that I want to point out for you today, that's made a huge difference for me. And so I want you to try it on. If this is something that you think would be helpful for you, as I used to say, when it would come to, you know, I would identify things that were really important to me and I really wanted to be doing, but for some reason, again, back to that mystery, I just had no idea why I wasn't doing those things. And then I would say to people and I would say to myself and I would think, 
lots of versions of, I just don't have time. I don't have time for that. I have too much to do. And you know, I wish I could do that, but I don't have time. And I would just say that a lot, just versions of that. I don't have enough time. There's never enough time. And that is, that, that's, that's fine. That sentence, it's just a little disempowering. It's just saying like, I've just noticed that time is in control and I don't have enough of it. And it's also kind of an overwhelming thought. And so it's just interesting to start to notice the thoughts that you think pretty repetitively because those really make up your beliefs and your relationship when it comes to time. And once we really unlock our relationship with time, we can see the direct correlation with the way we manage our time. Because in the model, uh, whatever the, the circumstances is there and then what we think about time, right, is our relationship with it. And then what we do, you know, that the, um, what we do with time is how we manage it. And then the result we get is as a result of the way we manage our time is the results that we're getting. So it's just so tied together. And we're so used to thinking about what we need to do, what we've been doing when it comes to managing time, what we should be doing differently. And then we kind of really hit that area hard when we are wanting to like take time back into our control. And you can get, again, you can get some results for a while. You can get different results for a while and you can really focus on that action line and make, make a difference. But if you're ignoring what you're thinking about time, those thoughts, those, those old thoughts, the repetitive thoughts that really aren't serving you when it comes to time management are going to keep coming back. I just don't have enough time. There's never enough time, but you're muscling through making time for everything and you're getting that temporary result, but inevitably you'll go back to the old thoughts. And so when we start with the thought, we start to adjust what we're thinking about time, the action and the result will just come so beautifully and organically with the new thoughts we're working on thinking. So like I was saying, the vocabulary, uh, I would say a lot of times there's never enough time. I don't have enough time. And I wanted to just make one little step there to take those decisions and the way I spend my time more back into my control. And so I'm careful to say now, just a very simple change to, oh, I'm not making time for that right now. That's something I really want to do. But right now I'm not making time for that. So it's okay. It's still not getting done, the thing, but it's my choice. I could stop making time for these things and start making time for this. But the way I spend my time in my day right now, I have not made a spot. I have not made time for that thing. And it is important to me. And when I just take that into my back into my control, like, like I'll give you a quick example, right? You could say like, oh, I don't have time to exercise, right? But if you say I'm not making time to exercise, that's so different because you are making time to do some other things like, you know, take a nap, sleep, be on Facebook. You know, you're making time for some other things. And if you wanted to make time to exercise, you could stop making time for some of those things. If you truly have kind of every minute of your day kind of back to back with stuff, even if some of it is watch TV and be on Facebook, right? There's no need to, you don't need to stop those things, but let's not lie to ourselves anymore that we don't have time for this other thing that we want to do. And that's important. We're just not making time for it. And when we're ready, and if it becomes important enough, we're going to stop making time for some of the things that's filling up our time. And we're going to start making time for this thing. And it just, again, erases that mystery and just brings the power back to us. I love that. Okay. So the next thing that I want to talk about is awareness. You know, this is one of my favorite pieces that we always start with the thought and we always have to create some awareness. Awareness gives us authority. So how I wanted to relate this to you today because if you've been working with me, you know uh, how I feel about awareness and you know how to create awareness. But I want you to think about um, two other areas that I compare um, our time and our understanding of our time and our relationship with time to. And one is 
uh, money and one is like uh, our diet, say what, what we're eating. So in order, if we're having like a money issue or if we're trying to accomplish a big money savings goal, we might catch ourselves saying something like, I just don't know where my money's going. Like I, you know, I'm paying my bills and stuff, but I'm just not quite sure that it feels like there should be more. And you might be in that place where you're having a hard time either stopping a problem or going after a big goal. If you're not aware of your money, if you sort of kind of ignore your money and hope it all, all the math works out by the end of the month. And one way we alleviate that is, and this is in our action line, but I just want to show you kind of how we create this awareness in different ways, but we might keep uh, a money journal or like a, a money log. So we can see like every time I spend money, I write it down. And every time I earn money, I write it down. And this is actually like before a budget, you might be more familiar with the idea of like a budget, which is also really, really helpful, but it's hard to start a budget. If you've never done that before, if you're not even sure where your money's going. So it can be really helpful to just spend some time logging where your money's going. So you just, all you're doing is increasing that awareness. Oh, now I see this month I spent this much on eating out. I really thought it was more like this, but now that I've logged it and added things up and really looked at all the numbers and I'm aware of the math, I see like, this is a hole I could plug. I could spend less on eating out. I didn't think I was spending that much on eating out, right? And you're just decreasing that mystery. Okay. And then the second area is like in our physical health or our diet or our calories, you might think like, again, if you're having a problem, like you're overweight and wanting to lose weight, or you're having a health problem where you need to lose some weight, maybe like I have bad knees. So I like to keep my weight at a good place so that I'm not being so hard on my knees, right? You have a problem or you have like a big goal you're going to go after, like you want to train for something or whatever. But up to this point, for whatever reason, you're not really sure of why you weigh what you weigh or really how many calories you're consuming in a day, or you don't have a plan for what you're going to eat that day or that week, or, you know, for, for whatever reason, if that's where you are, then you might start by keeping like a food journal, right? So you can just start to get awareness like, oh, I didn't even realize how much I was snacking. You know, I just walked by the kitchen and popped something in my mouth. I didn't even realize. And you may start to gain that awareness and realize like, oh, I thought I was eating more like this many calories, but I'm eating more like this many. That really explains why I'm having a hard time losing weight or why I'm having a hard time gaining muscle or whatever it is that you're working on, right? So again, you'd start with the food journal and then you could move on to like the plan. Like now that I understand where my calories are going, where my day is going, what food is going in my mouth, now that I'm aware and it all makes perfect sense, the results I'm getting, now I'm going to create more like a, a food plan, like a protocol or a food budget, you might call it and say like, here's what I want to eat in the day. And here's how I want to spend my calories. So that's really helpful. So now you think about those two. And I like to bring up some of those similarities like that, because we're a little more used to thinking about how do I spend my money? How do I spend my calories? So now we want to look at how do I spend my time? And you can just apply those similar uh, methods of increasing your awareness with under to help you understand how you spend your time. But I want you to take it even one step further. I want you to understand how you spend your time, but I also want you to know why. So we're increasing our awareness in that area, but we're also going to increase our awareness in what am I thinking about time? What am I thinking about the way I spend my time? What am I thinking about my ability to manage time well? Or do I just believe I manage time poorly? What do I think about when it comes to procrastination or projects or being late or being on time? Like there's a lot of things um, that come into play here. And that's, that's the main place I want you to increase your awareness is because, and in all those places, the money and the food and the, the time, increasing your thoughts about money 
increasing your awareness of your thoughts about money and increasing your awareness of your thoughts about your health and what you eat are all going to lead to better management in those areas as well as time. So when you do your thought downloads this month, you're just going to start to ask yourself questions like, how do I feel about time? How do I feel about the way I interact with time? What is one of, what are some of my big time problems? Like you're just going to start to ask yourself these and then just write, write, write and uh, start to notice. Again, I'm always having you watch for those repetitive thoughts. The, the individual ones are really helpful to understand too, and you can run models on those. But I find that the repetitive ones are the ones we almost ignore the best because we're so familiar with them that they just kind of feel like a part of us. They hit us at a subconscious level sometimes. So we want to really bring those repetitive ones to the surface and run models on those and just gain awareness around those so that we can see like, oh, I think a lot of times, like, like when it comes to money, I have clients that think very frequently, like, I'm just bad with money. And, and they don't even notice that thought because it just feels like a fact to them. They think it so much that it's just like a part of them. It's a part of their DNA, but it isn't. It's a thought and it's an opinion and it's affecting their feelings and actions and results. So when it comes with to time, what are you thinking about time? Okay. The last piece that I want to touch on today, and this is what we're going to run a model on, is um, uh, what are you making it mean? It being on time and being late. I, I mentioned this at the beginning, and this is just one aspect that comes up for me. When I start to think about time management, this is the first thing I think of. I feel pretty good about the way I spend my time. It's something I'm kind of always working on, you know, being productive, allowing myself to relax and rejuvenate and rest and take care of myself. I like how I balance my time pretty well, but one really ongoing issue for me is being late, like just a little bit late everywhere I go. <laughs> <laughs> and it used to be such a big mystery, but now, even though I still am late pretty frequently, there's no more mystery. I 100% understand it. And I'm going to show it to you guys today because it's something that I'm working on, but I'm also just being really loving and forgiving to myself. And I've learned how to not make being late mean something about like who I am as a person. So last month we talked about money. I don't know if you've taken that uh, resiliency training course from me yet, but uh, I'm going to compare it back to money again. I don't know. I like to make these comparisons of different categories in our lives, but like the concepts apply in the exact same way. So one week we talked about debt last week and we talked about how, or last month, we talked about how if we have a personal desire to not have debt, we tend to want to make this little equation in our head of like debt is bad. And if I believe that debt is bad, that's how I avoid debt. But what I'm encouraging my clients to do is to say like debt isn't good or bad. It's just neutral. And you cannot want to be in debt all day long, but come at it from a totally different direction of just, this is who I want to be. I want to be a person who doesn't have a lot of debt, but debt's not bad. We can avoid something without it being bad. So that is what I used to do with being late. I used to make, say, when you're late, you're a bad person. When you're late, you're disorganized and you're irresponsible and you're a bad friend and people think poorly of you and people can't count on you. And I used to think that was the way I was going to make myself stop being late was by wrapping it up in this package of being late is what bad people do is what it came down to. I, I wasn't really thinking that thought, but I was thinking things like, uh, I, you know, why can't I get it together? This is so ridiculous. I, you know, I'm, I'm doing it again. I can't believe this. Why is this happening? You know, it's, it's a little more of those kind of thoughts, but as I boiled it down and I, I simplified it, I realized that I was thinking like being late is bad. Being late makes me a bad person. I was making it mean a lot of things about me. And guess what? Spoiler alert. It didn't help me be on time. I just kept up with my chronic lateness. And then I just beat myself up about it and made it mean a lot of things. So I know now that I don't need to make it mean those things anymore. 
and I'm coming at my problem from a totally different way. I can just be a little bit late forever and I can still be an amazing person. I was just as amazing before I was late. I'm just as amazing as I would be if I was on time. None of that affects my amazingness, but I want to be a person who's on time. I want to be a person that people know I'll be there when I say I'll be there. I want to be accountable to myself and a person who keeps her word. And I'm just coming at it from that direction of like, how fun will it be when I've learned how to manage my mind so that I'm on time or early bonus, right? Everywhere I go, won't that be fun? And when I'm late, I'm still going to always be nice to myself. So I'm going to show you this model, how this works in my brain. You know, I love to show you my models. So get our circumstance, thoughts, feelings, actions, and results. Let me make sure you can see all that. Perfect. Okay. So I'm going to keep this one pretty simple. I could go into real specifics, but I mean, there's a million examples of when I've been late and when I've been on time. So I'm actually, I am going to go to a specific one, but um, for the length of this video and I want you to dig into your own models about time in general, but if this is one you struggle with about places that you're late and what you're thinking and making that mean about being late. So I'm just going to write church up here because this is the one that I'm able to see week over week. We go to church on Sundays. Well, you know, pre-COVID now, almost post-COVID, but just imagine back in normal world, we go to church every Sunday and I can watch. I'm late other places, but not in, this one is just one of a consistent example that I can, that I can watch myself week after week, be a little bit late. And the other one that's pretty interesting about church is that sometimes my husband's able to come with me to church and sometimes he isn't because of his military duties, you know, his drill weekend and he's deployed and all the different things, the trainings. And when he's there, he thinks very different things about being on time and he organizes his life in a way where uh, being on time is very important to him and he makes it happen. And I don't even know all the thoughts in his head, but I like when he's with me because then he helps us all be on time. And when it's me, I'm thinking when it's me by myself, I'm thinking very different things. And then we're often like right on time or like three minutes late. We're rarely ever early when it's just me in charge, except recently it's been getting better. And I'll tell you about that in a minute. So I like the example of church because it's that repetitive weekly. I can kind of watch my performance over time and I can see the variables change. Like my husband's there and that changes in my church line, like, or in my circumstance line, my church line. So I could say like church solo parenting, right? Or I could say going to church at 9am or at 10am, whenever it starts with Brad, right? So I can write those details in, but again, I'm going to keep this model a little bit simple. So one thought I've identified that I think pretty repetitively when I'm getting ready to leave somewhere and I'm trying to decide when do we need to leave by, how much more can I fit in is one, one thing I think is, oh yeah, I can get that done. Like I, I tend to cram a few too many things into a small amount of time. And I don't even know, well, I notice now, but I used to not even know that I was doing that. And I would say to my husband, you know, when my husband was there to help me, I would say like, oh, we still need to do this, this, and this, and then we'll, we'll go. And he's like, we don't have time for that. And he cuts two things off my list and lets me do one thing, lets me, you know, and he says, you could like, you'll have time to do that one thing, but the three, that's too many. And I'd be like, no way I can get it all in. Like I can fit it all in. That's a thought that I have. That's one of my issues. But the one I want to show you guys today is I think to myself, and this was a sneaky one. I did not know I was thinking this truly until I started to take a look at it. But I tend to think it's not a big deal if we're late. Even though I want to be on time, I sort of let myself off the hook. Not a big deal if we're late. 
sort of let myself off the hook with like, I'm, I'm looking at those three things when maybe I should only do one and I'm kind of knowing I should cut some out. And again, this is more, I'm going to, I'm going to just put it up here. Solo parenting. Cause it goes very different when Brad's there. Okay. And so I'm kind of thinking I should probably cut a couple of these out. And then without realizing it, I would go, well, I'm just going to do all three because it's not a big deal if we're late. So <clears throat> these two problems, gaining awareness around these has been so helpful for me because then I have all kinds of other models that happen when I am late and I'm rushing the kids and we're driving to church and we're walking in and disrupting the meeting, which is ridiculous. But again, watch that judgment just come out in me. And then I'm sitting there and thinking like, I did it again. I, I put too many things in a small amount of time. I'm, I'm late. I'm, I'm setting this example for my kids. Why can't I get it together? I'm so disorganized. So then I beat myself up. So that's kind of like my journey of models as I approach, you know, oh, I have to leave within the next hour. I think of the, you know, three or four things that I think I should get done in that hour. <laughs> and rather than I probably should only do one or two of them instead, I'm like, I can fit it all in. And as it gets closer, I'm like, I see I can't fit it all in. And then I think to myself, it's not a big deal if we're late. And then I feel kind of justified. And another one that's interesting about this thought, there's a couple feelings here. I'm going to go with justified. Um, when I initially think it, I kind of, again, like I said, let myself off the hook. So I feel a little relief, but I'm more justifying some of the decisions I'm making. And you're going to see that in action line. But another thing that's pretty interesting about this thought is when I'm solo parenting, I tend to think like, it's not a big deal if we're late. And then I kind of add on this little, and this goes with the justification. I add on this thing, like people, people get it. You know, I'm solo parenting. People understand it's a lot. I have a lot of kids and Brad's gone so much. And then I just start to really justify, like, I can just be late. I'll just do all the things. I'll just answer my urge to do too many things in a small amount of time. And I'll just give myself permission to be late. People get it. It's fine. You know, I justify it. Then I... I'm going to, I'm going to write those things. Like I finish what I wanted to do. Like it takes a little self-discipline. Well, quite a bit, actually what I wanted, what I wanted to do. It takes a little self-discipline for me to say, like, I want to do these things, but there's not enough time. So I'll do that thing later. And then I'll get to the thing on time. And instead I indulge in, in just letting myself do all the things I want to do and then be late. And it's, it's my result a little bit late. I like adding a little bit late. I'm a little bit late most Sundays, not every Sunday. Sometimes I'm on time, but I like adding a little bit late because it's funny how it's like consistently eight minutes late or something like that. I'm hardly ever like a half an hour late or just totally miss church. I just plan, I, I plan and do like one too many things in the amount of time I have. So even if I had a plan even if I had a plan to leave at a certain amount of time as that minute approaches and I still have the one thing left to do, I have a choice right in that moment. I can do the one thing and be late or I can save the one thing for later and leave on the minute that I plan to leave. And, you know, sometimes with kids, some, uh, some unanticipated stuff comes up, like they might need a diaper change or, you know, something like that. But mostly that's not why I'm late. I like to pretend that's why I'm late, going back to this justification. And I'll say, people get it. You know, I have so many kids. I'm not even going to write that one, but you know what I'm saying? Mostly it is not my kids' unanticipated moments that make me late. But I know that's what people will think. And then I allow myself to think this thought and let myself off the hook. And then I answer this urge. And I just have this pattern of, of answering this urge to get this, this one too many things. It's like my, it's like an eight minute task, you know, uh, you know, wipe the counters or whatever. Just one more thing I want to do before we go, but doesn't have to happen. 
And then I'm eight minutes late. And if I had just not done this thing and left at the minute I had planned, so I'm going to go, okay, finish what I wanted to do, plan and do one too many things in the amount of time I have. And then I'm going to, um, I'm going to set aside the plan because there almost always is a plan. I have, a, again, a time that I've decided to leave. I know if I'm going to leave at that time, we have to start getting in the car at this time and I have to tell everyone to get on their shoes at this time. So I have that plan. But when that moment hits that I've got to just do the plan, I say like, oh, it's okay. And then I do the one more thing. I finish what I wanted to do. And then we, we do all the things. We get our shoes on and we get in the car and we drive to church and we get there eight minutes late. So very revealing uh, in, in just such a fascinating way. I love just getting curious about my models, especially when I'm tempted to judge them. And I still judge them. I try not to, but you know, we're all human. Uh, and I just, I, I know I've said this already like three times in this video, but I just love that it's not a mystery anymore because the way I used to think about this was like, I don't understand why I'm just a little bit late most Sundays. I try so hard. You know, I, I have a plan. I have a plan, right? <laughs> why can't I just, other people get to church on time. Why can't I get to church on time? Right. I have a plan. And this was a sneaky thought. I didn't realize I was thinking it. I did see myself justifying, like, like maybe I should add this into the action line. I, I should actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm going to put it here. Just, I justify my lateness. So I was pretty aware. I was quite aware that I was doing that, justifying my lateness because I'd be doing this last thing and I'd be thinking like, now I'm going to be late. Right. But then I would spend some time justifying my lateness and I would say, well, like, it's okay. People get it. I'm solo parenting. I have so many kids. Like we can put my kids up in this line here, six kids. And then we could say, um, church at right now, my church is at 1030. But what's really funny about that time is it doesn't matter if it's at nine or 1030 or one. I've had church at all these times, so many different times because we rotate every year and I'm eight minutes late. I could have nine o'clock church and I'm just eight minutes late. <laughs> so that's not the problem. The circumstance line is never the problem, but I wanted, I want this to be the problem and this to be the problem and this to be the problem. But this is the problem. Just my thoughts, just my sneaky thoughts. So no more. I mean, I still am late, but now I know exactly why. And I watch myself think this thought and I decide in that moment, like, am I going to do it again? Am I going to indulge in this? And it's okay if I do, or am I going to do, I'm not going to cut out this one thing and just get there on time. And it still goes both ways. I still will sometimes do this and sometimes do this. Not a problem. I'm just loving myself every minute of the way because I know being late doesn't mean anything about me. So I've taken off that layer, taken off the pain on pain, right? It's already difficult to show up late at church with six kids. I've taken off the part where I beat myself up about it and I'm making some real headway. So what I want to show you, this is, I'm just, I'm not even going to write this. I'm just going to tell you this just to wrap up this video because we're too long. We're getting too long. But uh, one big piece of this puzzle, because once I gained awareness around why I was late, then I started to think, what would I need to be thinking to be on time? What would I need to be thinking to make the decisions that I need to make and not do any of this stuff so that I can actually be on time or early? And just this year in January, I volunteered to coach my son's basketball team. And the, I mean, there was a couple of things in the circumstance line that really promoted me being early every time. But you guys, I was early every time. I was early for every practice and every game. 
And at first I was focused on the circumstance line. I thought, oh, well, I'm early because I don't have to bring my little kids because I'd have my older girls watch them. That was just like part of the plan. You actually weren't allowed because of COVID restrictions. You weren't allowed to bring any siblings or anything. So in, in other things I've been working on, I'm always like dragging my little kids with me and then I'm quick to blame them for why I'm late. You know, that's easy to do, but again, not the problem. My little kids go up here in the circumstance line. Okay. So then another thing that I was focused on was like, oh, well, I'm the coach, you know, like you could put that in my circumstance line. You know, I have to be on time, but I don't have to be on time. I could still be late as the coach, right? That's again, not the reason that I was early every time. Anyway, so and it was like at a good time of day, right? It was at, I don't know, 5 p.m. or something. And so uh, we would like have dinner after we got home and all that was fine. So none of that was the reason I was on time. Ever. It was, as you know, <laughs> what I was thinking. And after a few weeks of noticing with real like uh, pride and surprise and, and just really feeling happy about, this is so awesome. I'm just like early every time. I, I was on to myself and I was like, ah, what are we thinking? Because this is going to be, a real piece of this puzzle, this on-time puzzle that I'm trying to solve. And I realized what I was thinking was very simple, but I would think it as I got ready and as that moment came of like, this is when we need to start getting the car. If we're going to be early, I would just spend time thinking, it's very important that I'm early. It's important that I'm early. And I believed it like to my core, partly, you know, I'm the coach, right? And I want to make sure I get there before my boys. And, uh, you know, I just... I just rose to this level of commitment for this. It, it was just a third grade rec team. This wasn't even that intense, but uh, I had a co-coach, like a, we were coaches together. So I knew she was counting on me and we used, we'd like to spend a few minutes before the boys got there, just reviewing what we would do. And for whatever reason, it was very easy for me to think it's very important that I be early. And so then when that moment, that heat of the moment came where I could choose to do the one more thing that would make me either just right on time or a little bit late, I would say, oh, I'm not going to do that right now. Like it wasn't even a decision. It wasn't even an issue. It was just, oh, I'm not going to do that right now because it's very important that I'm early. But I don't think that about church. I'm working on thinking that about church. Like I'm working on thinking even just variations of that. Like it feels so good to be on time to church. It feels so good to be in my seat before church starts, you know, things like that. And obviously lots of places I go every day, not just church and basketball, but it's nice to get really narrowed in on something and then apply that in other places. That's a really effective way to go about this. Okay. So that's, that's my take on this week one. I wanted to focus in on being on time, early, late, because I know it's something we're all dealing with. And especially so many of you are solo parenting right now, if your husband's deployed and it's the real deal. And I want to give you both of those pieces of when you're late, so much love, so much grace, just be late. It means nothing about you as a person. And if you're wanting to be on time, just start to pay attention to your thoughts. Okay. I'm excited for this month. I'm excited to get into, uh, you know, accountability to self and learning about the difference between B minus work and perfectionism and learning how to create results and get things done and manage our time so well. It's all so fun to take a look at and can't wait. I'll talk to you soon. Ready to take what you are learning here on the podcast to the next level? Then check out my new video course, Resiliency Training. This year-long course of weekly video classes is the perfect way to increase the efforts that you are already making when it comes to improving your deployment experience and making your mental health a priority. We can all use a little help sometimes to get through the difficulties of military life, and that's exactly the boost this course will give you. Sign up on my website, simplyresilient.net. I can't wait to work with you.